millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Dan Durkin. Hello, Scott. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for diving on. The amount of illnesses we've got around the office at the minute, they're dropping like flies. I know. Regular presenters not able to make it in. Wishing people very, very well. And I'm sure uh, normal service will be resumed. But if you've got a replacement, why not one of the best bods in the industry? How's he doing? How's he feeling? <laughs> to be fair, I've just come off having COVID myself. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> so if I, if I do cough, I, I apologise. <laughs> I do want to open on, uh, we've got loads of news to get to, and obviously the Xbox thing is hours away by the time people listen to this. It might have already happened. Um, Xbox are doing a live stream at 8pm UK time about what the living hell they're doing for the future. Some sort of multi-platform deal thing, um, but we're going to get there. It has actually leaked. However, I do want to open on just a little bit about yourself, because you've been on a, a bit of a retro kick for the last few months. Mm-hmm. You've managed yeah. to get a hell of a collection together. How, how's that been going? Yeah, so I've be, I started collecting for 360. Mm-hmm. Um and over the span of two three months, I've got over a hundred games. I went a little <laughs> bit crazy with it, but yeah, I, I don't know what like sparked it. But I've just been what's doing the, that, you know. Just what's the CX. rarest thing you've got? The rarest. Ooh. I know you showed me TMNT before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was like three three pound. Uh, I've got Spider Man. It's Shattered Dimensions, I believe it's called. Oh, what a it's shout! Like, it's like a thirty pound game. Yeah, I want Web of Shadows. That's like seventy pound. Bits did you play Web of Shadows back when it first came out? I always feel like that was like the most overlooked Spidey game ever. Yeah, I did. I loved it. I Same. Loved it. Like the whole like the suit switching on the right stick and everything. Mm-hmm. I just um I, that's kind of what I wanted a bit more from like Spidey, the new Spidey 2. Yeah. I didn't even say what you did. A video editor. People know you from Choose Your Own Adventure, people know you mm-hmm. from some of our best edits, Dan Dirk, and literally holding everything together like oh. Spider-Man in between multiple <laughs> ships, just holding it, holding it all together. And um, but we'll get through as many news things as we can. The first one is the leak of what's happening tonight in the Xbox conference. Um this comes from multiple and Anonymous Microsoft employees who apparently just got out there and just said about what they were briefed internally, which will then be the public stream uh, later on. And um, the over overriding sentiment, which might get said in the public version of this, is every screen is an Xbox. Apparently, Xbox want to pivot into becoming the biggest multi-platform company in the industry. Um, and that also corroborates the leak that came from The Verge earlier in the week, the idea that Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are going to be coming to PlayStation 5 and Switch. And Sea of Thieves is apparently following later this year. But we'll find out in a few hours. But what's your thoughts on all this stuff at the minute? So my take on exclusives is um, I want everyone to be able to play everything. Like, I hate exclusives. I hate the fact that oh, really? Spider-Man's tied to the PlayStation console. I hate, like, how PlayStation people can't play Halo. That's mm-hmm. it's just a thing. 
I get why they exist because they're like system sellers, but I think having more people being able to play more games is just a good thing for mm. us as gamers. I think it's a weird thing when you think about like, because there's a, I'm going to get to the stuff that's all come on the Sony side. You've got a new president who's taken over from Jim Ryan yeah. um, called Hiroki Totoki. And he was talking about like what exclusives used to mean for the console. Like the idea of like, this is how you sell the console. It's here, you buy this and you play this. And it makes sense. And it's like over the years, I mean, me and you have grown up with like the console wars and all these different yeah. generations of systems and everything else. And I like it. I like exclusives. I think I'm probably the opposite of you. I like a company being like, this is why you need to come with us. Um, and I like the competition that that breeds. Like mm-hmm. I, um, I like the whole idea of um you know fostering internal teams providing they're obviously managed properly they're not crunched to death and they're allowed to be creative etc um i like the challenge that comes with that and it's like but i'm curious like i'm i wonder like you know how much um going forward is the idea of an exclusive for a system just an outdated thing like you wouldn't get a movie only screening at odeon you wouldn't get you know like if you think of it that way um, I don't know what you think of that stuff. But I think it's like, like yeah. over the past few years, like the, the concept of an exclusive has kind of been blurred a little bit because you've got a lot of things releasing on PC now. Like mm-hmm. even you've got like the first party Sony stuff like God of War, which I, n- I never would have thought that would be coming to PC, but it did. Spider-Man mm-hmm. came at P- PC and obviously all the Xbox stuff now is day one on PC too. Mm-hmm. So it's that's kind of like, it's widened the reach of these games to the PC market, but it's also kind do you like, would you class God of War as a, an exclusive now. Well, that's the thing, right? I remember over the years when we used to put together all the the game of the year lists and it was, and the exclusive stuff like a PlayStation mm-hmm. exclusive. Over the years, there's always been random stuff that's been on PC. There's way more of a push of it at the minute. Helldivers Two is the big one because that was day and day on PC, and obviously it's blown the f up. Like it's it's phenomenal. It's doing really really well. Um, but yeah, I always just just pushed PC to the side because like historically, legacy games journalism wise, the PC wasn't like classed as a platform in that conversation. Like yeah. we're talking cons- it's console exclusives is obviously the sort of the go to the specific designated thing but um i never really thought about pc like one because i didn't have one the nearest i've got is a mac and that thing can barely (laughs) run you know thomas was alone or something but um at the same time like yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether they think of it the same way as well, because there's a whole thing, because um, there's this big um, financial call that happened with, like I said, Hiroki Totoki is the new president. And one part of that was, you know, multi-platform releases, but he meant, assumedly, based on what he said, um, PlayStation and PC, like ostensibly doing the Helldivers thing every yeah. single time. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, I, it's weird. I think whenever you look at the Steam numbers, you look at the Steam player numbers, they're always so much lower than what the console sales are. And I just, um, I wonder about the logistics of that. Like Last of Us was like on fire when they tried to release that thing yeah. part one. And because um, how have you seen that? You play a lot more PC stuff than me. Like does there's, it Yeah, there's been a lot of like poor PC ports in the past. But mm. again, it's just having that option available. I know a lot of people didn't buy the Xbox series consoles because... They chose to get a PS5 and a PC because that way they can play the Xbox exclusives mm-hmm. on PC. And I guess as long as the game's optimized for PC and it's like not <laughs> a terrible port like the, the last one was, off. then I think it's probably the way to go Like if you're mm-hmm. a gamer. That's actually, yeah, I want to ask you about that because like I've always thought, like, like I said, growing up with consoles for so long, it's like... I was like, at some point, do I just give in and get a PC? Like, is everything eventually either going to come to PC either through emulation or official releases or whatever? I remember when the Switch came out and it was like, within like a week or something, it was broken. You can get yeah. Switch games on PC. And I don't like, there's a, there's most of me doesn't want to do that. Like, I love the Switch, I love the feel of it. I love a console, I love the immediacy of consoles. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder, like, as someone who lives to game, like, am I just better off getting one hub that does everything? I think 
there's nothing like better than, especially when you're talking about emulation, than playing a game on its original, like intended hardware. Like, yeah. say if you wanted to play a Game Boy game, there's nothing like plugging the cartridge in and just playing. Like, mm-hmm. but with PC, the option is there for so so much. And I think if you were to get one, it would like open like your horizons more than mm-hmm. being just locked off to a specific console. I wonder as well if that's like the ultimate, I mean, we know the ultimate endpoint of Xbox is to be this TV streaming app, just make it available everywhere. Like Sai has a newer TV and it has an Xbox app thing yeah. on it. And uh, a couple of years ago, there was an Xbox thing called Keystone that sort of leaked. It was on Phil Spencer's shelf, this little Keystone thing, <laughs> um, which was apparently some sort of streaming stick thing that they were investigating at the time. And so like, yeah, I wonder if that just is the next stage for gaming. You have like, you have, you have your TVs, you have the living room, you have a PlayStation app, an Xbox app, a Switch, a Nintendo mm-hmm. app. As you know, like uh, I agree with you. I like the I like the physicality of consoles, and uh, but I just wonder if that's fundamentally outdated. And if you're literally just focusing on the bottom line, if just get the games out on as many places as possible and watch yeah. the bottom line, watch yeah. that number go up. So I recently, uh, I'm saying recently, it was like three days ago. I bought <laughs> one of these. It's called a Backbone. That's hilarious. I was thinking about getting one of them, and it basically just means I can play Xbox or PlayStation games on my phone. Well, I'm just sat in bed. And it was like, it was £50. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. It's mm-hmm. it's more for like me being like a lazy person. <laughs> I just am. But like, hey, gaming in bed is awesome. That's it. Having the option there. That I guess that's what makes the Switch so good is that you can take it on the go with you. And mm-hmm. having an option, like if Xbox or Microsoft were to like release a proper handheld Xbox console thing, like mm-hmm. a dedicated console that isn't streaming, that it's like built in, Right. Um, like I'd buy that day one, and that's the. Uh, so just super quick, that is apparently on the cards. Like Windows Central's Jez Corden said yeah. that they are planning a handheld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's like where it's built in and you can, it's not relying on internet streaming, like because that's a bit dodgy. Mm-hmm. I know that, is the PlayStation Portal is that internet streaming only? Because I know you can connect it to the the console and play it like in your house. It, that seems to be, yeah, that's the whole thing with that is that it fundamentally relies on the streaming from the console, the console version of streaming. It's a different band. I don't know enough about the tech side of it, but apparently you do need to either use Wi-Fi to connect to your console yeah. or um, be in the same house as a console, which is different to the backbone. That's funny that you brought up the backbone because I was literally eyeing one of them up the other day. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, the idea of like playing like PlayStation stuff in bed or whatever. I remember trying to remote play a couple of times over the years, but just I just hate the streaming stuff. There's mm-hmm. always like some artifact and some latency, something like that yeah that gets in the way and i end up just kind of sacking it off but like like you said if you can get stuff natively installed but then i don't know about storage and battery life and everything well that's it yeah but it's like that seems to be the well that's what xbox thinks is the next conversation in, in gaming and it's like when we did the me you and i mean you and did the news a couple of days ago on like when the verge report leaked about like what they're going to be doing tonight or in the most recent thing yeah and um that whole history of Xbox, like you think about, you know, achievements in Xbox Live and the marketplace and like the indie games, like mm-hmm. they pushed things forward so much across the last 20 years and then they just fell on their face for the last 10 years. And it's like looking at like, you know, trying to read the tea leaves of like, where's the industry going to go? Maybe this is it, but there's definitely a part of me that's like, well, this is a bit boring. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Well, we were talking about Game Pass earlier and could you like actually see Game Pass as a service going on to like a PlayStation? 
<laughs> yeah, we were talking about this because I was thinking, like, to me, it, it's not that much different to like EA Play or Ubisoft, or like, yeah. um, or even the way that PlayStation on the PlayStation Store, if you go on a sp- specific game, it'll remind you that, like, hey, if you just pay for premium, it's right there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just they wouldn't, but you know, they're not going to build a Game Pass button into it. But like that idea of reminding you, like, hey, if you just you know, there's this separate subscription thing. Um, yeah, I think there's a way to do it, but I think there's the thing, the, the showdown that I want, the Godzilla King Kong <laughs> thing that I want is um, you've got that thing where sony would say hey we don't need you we don't necessarily we don't need game pass we're selling call of duty or whatever mm-hmm. microsoft could then put the walls up and say well you're going to need to put game pass on there because we're restricting call of duty elder scrolls fallout everything yeah um and then certainly the back and forth just saying like well sony like you know we're a meaningful part of your bottom line so you need this third party support and whatever those conversations are um you know because during all the activision acquisition stuff you had jim ryan being very frank just saying like i just want to block the deal i don't i just don't want it to go through mm-hmm. um and i wonder if that bullishness is still in sony like you know they need each other really yeah i wonder if like they knew about this whole thing whilst the acquisition hmm. was going on because surely it hasn't just come out of nowhere they haven't just decided overnight <laughs> like True. so there had to be some idea if mm-hmm. that this was the future that microsoft are going to be like pushing for well the thing is like they i i don't know i think they played like 4d chess with it because <laughs> everything leaked during the acquisition we saw the next xbox console it's that big x series x looking thing but it's a yeah. streaming tower like all that stuff like their internal emails leaked and there wasn't really mention of this stuff other than if you go back further and go to the keystone stuff the idea of you know building out x cloud but this being their fundamental shift mm-hmm. like the general conversation at the minute and josh brown mentioned it a couple of weeks ago is like they did a 70 billion dollar deal it was like 69 billion dollars yeah once you've done that the the microsoft top brass are going to look at that and be like well we need the return on investment for this thing um, and it's not from the xbox consoles and everything so it it is interesting if like the deal finally closes after a year of negotiation and then the only way forward is multi-platform and just recoup all this revenue so but then they then need to find a way of getting game pass onto um playstation or they just take whatever percentage from a regular unit uh, sale or a regular transaction which is what they're doing at the minute that was why they had you know record profits at the end of last year but um what do you think about that like that idea of just having a game pass option or a game pass app or something i think it would be cool i, I mm. can't see it happening i don't know maybe i'm just being too short-sighted here but like <laughs> you mentioned like having this xbox console where you can have game pass and you can get the exclusives day one on mm. game pass or you could purchase them on a ps5 but you'll have to pay 70 pound like mm-hmm. i could see why that would make people more inclined to get an xbox but again, people have PCs and you've got the PC Game Pass app. Mm, so mm. it's just, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I have no idea where, where this is going to go. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. 
With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. I know that's what's kind of fun about it is like, um, you know, having watched so many different pivots over the years and like the last big pivot they did was that motion controlled control the living room thing in 2013. <laughs> and obviously it, it killed them like that killed the whole oh, yes. version of Xbox. Um, and into, I can't recommend the um, the 20 years of Xbox documentary enough. Um, that's such a great frank look at everything they tried, all the mistakes they made. Um, and just saying that, you know, internally when that thing went sideways, they had to fight for Xbox to, to live within Microsoft because they, they wanted to shut it down because it was such a mess. And um, now they've got to a point where it's this... It's a mix. It's like people like their Series X's and Series S's, but it's mm -hmm. also a streaming thing. Um, and it's just this weird conglomerate gather up all the IPs machine. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I, yeah, I think it's weird. Like the likes of Sony and Nintendo aren't going to go down the same route. So it's it depends whether this is a, a template for them to follow or not. Um, I'll throw in, I mentioned it before, but you've got um, Sony's new, um, Sony Interactive Entertainment's new president, uh, Hiroki Tatoki. He's um, Jim Ryan's replacement. Revealing things about the business going forward. One thing in here is that there's no major first party releases apparently apparently there's no major first party releases until the end of the current financial year which ends next year march 31st 2025 Ooh. he said that they want to focus on their live services um so you've got hell divers too <laughs> hilariously you've got foam stars but no one's talking about that <laughs> and then you know within the next year or so you've got fair games concord and marathon if they are going to release it depends how specifically worded his thing yeah. is because it does have to appease shareholders um but alongside that you know since the financial call a couple of days ago you've got jeff grubb who's like a you know a known insider saying that although you know when you think about the specific wording of it the idea of no major releases he's heard there's a new astrobot game coming so he's like that's <laughs> that's still cool i mean i don't know about you but i loved Astro astro's playroom is the best playstation 5 game <laughs> yeah yeah it is it literally <laughs> i love that thing it's so meticulous it's so well put together i love the little speed run you know beating the levels yeah. thing um, it took me a, a good long time to beat uh, PlayStation Access's Ash Millman, but at some point <laughs> it, uh, it had to be done. But um, yeah, that, uh, apparently there's a new Astrobot game coming, and Team Asobi did say in August last year that they have something in production that was their biggest game yet. So there might be that. 
But um, overall, that idea of like, we're going to take a year back when it's going to kind of read the tea leaves, we're going to see how it goes. What do you think of that from the, the PlayStation side? Well, Xbox has been doing that for like 10 years, haven't it? It's worked out <laughs> all right for them. No, but um, I think games these days take a long time to make. Oh, yeah. And you can't expect these devs to, to rush these products out because you'll end up with inferior games. Mm-hmm. So you've got to give them time to cook, <laughs> cook up some oh, yeah, good they need stuff. To, need to go fishing. Yeah, well, that's it. So... Um, see, the the PlayStation has been my Spider-Man machine, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. the reason I got a PS5 was to play to play Spider-Man. And once that happened, I've not really turned it on since. Really? Okay. But then, don't you have a, a Venom game coming out next year as well? Yeah, so I don't know if that's I don't know if that's next year, but that leaked from the Insomniac leak. Yeah, is, is that going to be classed as like a big game? Like, what is the definition of this? Like, mm-hmm. is it is it AAA? Is it just big IP, like big brand or what? Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the Venom thing uh, makes me think of Miles Morales. Like I think you have the big big numbered uh, installments and you have something else in between. And I guess the next something else will be the Venom game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely in the wording of it. But either way, like the way that Jim Ryan, the, the, the table that Jim Ryan left was scattered and all over the place. You've got <laughs> Hiroki Jatoki walking in going like, well, we need to put this here and this here and whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got all these different attempts at live service stuff. Um, quite a lot of the projects that were canned and the general reception to the live service stuff at least until Helldivers was extremely negative um, and so maybe there is a way that like you know the likes of you know something else Concord Fair Games comes out and it's brilliant same way the Helldivers is yeah. and maybe that keeps them going and that's a strong enough brand identity for like a year um, there is another thing in here um, from Sony's SVP Naomi Matsuoka saying that the PlayStation 5 will enter its latter stage of its life cycle going forward and um, <laughs> we'll put more emphasis on the balance between profitability and sales and for this reason we expect the annual sales pace of PS5 hardware to start falling from the next fiscal year so that's from next March onwards mm-hmm. um, ostensibly we're at the halfway mark is like one yeah. way to read that um, but it is that thing of like you know what do you think of the generation overall like even, even though a lot of outlets have run with this stuff as like oh the PS5 is already winding down like that's not what they said they said mm-hmm. looking ahead it'll enter its last stage of its life cycle so we're at least halfway we could you could argue it's a third if you want whatever <laughs> but um, I'd assume it's about halfway and so um, what do you think of the generation overall? When I read stuff like this, I feel like it hasn't even kicked in yet. Yeah, well, it, it feels like that, hasn't it? And how long mm. has the PlayStation 5 been out now? Has it been three it's years? Fourth, fourth three, year, three, it was 2020. Like, <laughs> I'm just baffled by that because it, it's just like blinking, then it's 2024. Yeah. I guess we had like the whole lockdown thing in between that and that kind of like soured things. Mm-hmm. But I think with... The PS5 Pro potentially coming out, does that mean like that's going to be the, the main focus for the next three years? Maybe. I didn't even, they didn't even have anything that you would need a Pro for. Like, I, I totally get the, the wing of the gaming audience that just want the latest tech. I know Josh Brown is absolutely that guy. Yeah. And, like, for the most part, I am as well. But, like, I don't even know what I'd be getting it for. Like, it's, you know, a, a slightly smoother frame rate for something. That's like, it. What's the point? That's it. So, when you've got this current generation that isn't taking, like, full advantage of the hardware... Mm what's moving on to the next generation going to do? Like, because we had the, the, the upgrade from the hard drive to the SSD mm-hmm. and that was like leaps and bounds ahead in terms of like loading times and that was the big thing. But what's going to be the next thing? Mm-hmm. Like the jump to the PS6. 
Also, the SSD thing, like to me, I don't really feel like there's that much stuff that showcases what an SSD can do, which I know has been the conversation for the whole generation. It was like when it was first revealed that it was going to be an SSD console, you had Mark Cerny out there, the lead architect or whatever of the PlayStation, was like, oh, this will change the way levels are made because we fundamentally can generate whole things at once. No more squeeze through animations. <laughs> we can do all this cool stuff. Um, and I'm still seeing the squeeze throughs. I'm still seeing them everywhere. Yep. And it's like, you know, they're still making games for PS4 and it's like, oh, third parties are still making them for cross generations. Like maybe all of it is just a a hangover from the pandemic. And at some point it's just going to take a whole generation swap to start again. But um, another thing that was in here, I don't have the specific number, but it was about Sony missing their internal targets for how many consoles they wanted to shift. I think it was 25 million they were aiming for and they came in at 21. (laughs) So um, it was just that conversation on like, is their approach working and that, that pivot into live service stuff, if that's their brand identity for a bit. And then how do you, assumedly from what people want claw back the story stuff like um I, but then the amount of years things take to make like you said like i don't even know like the level of production that we're at like if something goes into production today mm-hmm. it might get canned five years later like there's a whole thing on the xbox side about them canning blizzard's next game and that was six years in and it's just like what do people even want at that level anymore that's it the, the games are just too too big now and <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't have just like well actually look at grand theft auto 6 coming out next mm. year i don't mm. know why you'd want to release a game in the same year as gta 6 because that's going to be <laughs> the biggest thing ever mm. but like look how long that's taken to get to where it is if you look at where rockstar was in the past where you'd have like bully and max Payne 3 and all that the sort warriors of thing. Like, baby yeah like we don't get that anymore we don't get no. these in between games like and it just sucks well, I th- I mean, I saw um, a couple of tweets like that idea of like you know the first party, the AAA side of things being unsustainable, and you, there was you know layoffs at Insomniac. There was all the stuff about how they're barely sort of getting by in regards to the money that's being spent. And one of the things that Hiroki Totoki was saying was that when he's gone to the different teams since becoming president, he's like, "There's a lot of creative people here. There's a lot of passionate people, but the business side of things is what he wants to clamp down on." Mm-hmm. And that can be horrible. It depends how cold he's going to be with that. Like, does does Naughty Dog you know have to reduce the scope of The Last of Us Three? Like, I have no idea. Um, but it is that thing of like, is a certain level of production just untenable unless you have people willing to bank 10 years of their lives? Like GTA 6 is an 11 year development and that's that's insane. Like that's crazy. Imagine working 10 years or 11 years on something and um, and then for some of them it doesn't even come true. But um, I just, for me, I would take infinitely more smaller scale things. I would yeah. take 50 Helldivers level games um, and just call, you know, they're still Sony first party. Like you don't need the Red Deads, the, those things. I've, I've run that point into the ground across the last few years, but I just, I don't know why we, where we have to chase this massive top end thing when Pal World and Helldivers 2 are the two biggest success stories of 2024. Anyway, the next item down is Nintendo stuff. The next Nintendo Switch system. Woo! This comes from Universo Nintendo, who I had not heard of, but apparently they're quite a reputable leaker over the years, responsible for various things over the years. Um, Saying that the new Nintendo Switch system will be fully backwards compatible with physical and digital games, apparently it will offer enhancements for existing titles, (laughs) um, which does correlate or does line up with um, apparently last year, towards the end of the year, the Nintendo uh, was showing off a version of the Switch 2 with, sorry, the console Switch 2, with -hmm. a version of Breath of the Wild that was apparently running with whatever enhancements they were. That was the general conversation around that. Um, Apparently, there's a Nintendo Direct scheduled for next week with a hardware reveal straight after that. Um, so we'll see. And then apparently, there's a Pokemon stream coming later. Yeah. Um, because the 20th, I know like the 27th of February is Pokemon Day. So yeah. it's like maybe that's what they're waiting for. But I think after everything that we just talked about with Xbox and Sony, I wonder <laughs> if Nintendo just, just hang back, let them fight it out, and then they just swoop in and go, hey, by the way, we've got a new Pikachu or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, um, the Nintendo leaks for Pokemon? 
I don't think so. What the next game? Um, apparently it's Let's Go Whoopa and Let's Go <laughs> Togepi. <laughs> apparently, the, these are the images that I saw, so I don't know how like real they are, but okay. Um, and they said that this was going to be the last Pokemon game on the the original Switch. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And I just think if they're going to release the Switch two. Can they fix Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? <laughs> that game is done. That game is on fire. I, I did the day I went back on it because I was like, I love Pal World and I, I, mean, I love Pokemon. So I was like, let me go back on Scarlet Violet. And they still haven't fixed the thing where the anything in the distance moves at like five frames a second. Yeah. It just looks bad. Like, But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, prototypes for the next Pokemon that have come out. There's just fan-made stuff that have come that has come out of Pal World just showing that this is what a world of Pokemon should look like. And to yeah. be honest, I don't know what you thought of Pokemon Legends Arceus, but like, I loved that thing. It was all right. Like, mm. I'm a diehard for the, like, the pixel, like, earlier generation oh, cool. games. So mm. I just want them to return to that, and I know they're not going to. Mm. But, yeah, it was a, a step in the right direction in terms of changing up the formula. Mm-hmm. But it was a step back with Pokemon Scarlet Violet. I don't think open yeah. world is the, like, right way to go currently because they can't do it well. <laughs> that's true i wonder how much of that is um because you bring the tech side of it back in like say you're your game freak you've been doing this stuff you have the, pretty much an annual turnaround for as long as you can remember like 20 odd years or whatever the hell it is um and then you have the new system it's another generational leap how the hell are they even given the space to make something that would capitalize on that system because they have to keep making the next thing the next thing the next thing um like assumedly this whatever the switch 2's version of pokemon is has been in development for a while now but um i just hope it's like you know notably um, you know, like wows people. Like I just want because Power World for as, as simplistic as that game is in terms of <laughs> graphics and everything, um, it works at convincing you at like a world that you can interact with. And I think uh, I didn't. I don't know. But in bits and pieces, I didn't mind Scarlet and Violet's thing. All the sandwich making and go to different towns <laughs> and everyone specializes in a different food and everything. And I was like, I like this like food culture stuff. Um, it makes a region feel distinct and everything. Um, but yeah, I think they've got a lot of ground to make up. And in reality, the fact that Pal World only came out this year, whatever plans they had in motion won't change unless they push the whole thing back. Um, all the rumors at the minute point to another remaster. Like they did the uh, Sapphire Diamond one mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago. And um, apparently it's, I think it's X and Y remade or something like that. So, uh, or black and white maybe. So they're up to Gen 5. Right. Currently that's going to be potentially the next remakes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like at some point, it's um, how much do they need to have like an annual box ticked kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, what do you think of the, the Switch Two stuff? Like um, that idea of like just doing sort of a modular upgrade. It's got a bit more guts to it. It enhances everything. It's backwards compatible, um, and you kind of just go from there. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Having more power is mm-hmm. never a bad thing. And I think as long as they stick to the formula that they've got, instead of like trying to do some wacky things <laughs> like like Nintendo usually do, I yeah. think it'll, it'll be good. I, I'm looking forward to it. Same. I want to see what they what they put together, um, but we'll see. Like I said, we got all the Sony stuff, all the Xbox stuff to get out the way first. Um, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford. That's been Dan Durkin. Thank you for listening. <laughs> a massive thank you to you for joining us also check out the Pixels and Perspectives podcast Dan Ooh. Durkin's own a beautiful little thing that everybody should listen to and uh, thank you all for listening to this as well take care and we'll catch you very soon bye Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.